Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, all right. So we're back. It's the Combat Cast. It's Chevy Rooney. It's myself. And Chevy, let's tell me what we got coming up first. All right. March 18th, UFC 286 Edwards versus Usman 3 from London. Looking forward to that. Uh, welterweight title fight. Then March 25th, UFC Fight Night, Vera versus Handehagen. I feel like we've been talking about this fight forever. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. And then uh, we're going to mix it up. April 1st, there's no UFC. So we're going to preview PFL season opener, which will be headlined by uh, one of my favorite fighters, Brendan Lochnane and uh, Marlon Marais in his return to PFL. Yeah, should be a good one. And we might even do something else, too. So yep. get ready. <laughs> all right so let's talk about this um let's go over this uh news there's very little news let's talk a little bit about uh bellator 292 i just want to highlight a couple of the fighters on there um we're not, we won't go into depth but uh usman nirmaga medoff versus benson henderson for the lightweight title so that's a great matchup uh yeah we're definitely stands for uh bendo here so we're looking for uh a Benson Henderson win. Yeah. Um, MVP is also fighting on the card. So, you know, very exciting fighter for sure. Uh, he's fighting. Uh, what was his name? I forgot now. Yeah. Yam. Yamuchi. Yama. Uh, Yama. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can't oh, remember his first name, but it starts with a G. I've met this guy. Goatee. Goatee. Uh, Goatee. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. Goatee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably gonna get pieced up by MVP to be honest, but good luck to him. Uh, and so I don't know if you got any thoughts on that Bellator card. Nah, I mean, uh, I yeah, I agree with you. MVP is probably gonna piece him up. I, I don't know if Benson's gonna be able to pull it off, but I'm always a Benson fan, so we're I, rooting for him though. Absolutely, always one of my favorites. His wife's competing in uh Bellator MMA now, too, I believe. I think she just signed oh. a contract, nice. so like first husband and wife like out there competing so good for them well ufc used to have uh these cheyenne buys i think her husband used to compete i don't know if it was also in the ufc but he was an mma fighter i remember uh she was in his corner but well, it has happened before then yeah, yeah, we have, yeah so we've had brothers i know that too oh yeah lozon brothers yeah Miller brothers lark larkins yeah um so that was always interesting. Now, um, there's only one other little news and notes we want to talk about, right? That was, uh, go ahead. Yeah, Dana White says that Francis Ngannou will never be in the <laughs> UFC again. Um, but do, what do you feel about that? You think that's uh, true? No, um, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think it's up in the air. If Francis goes out, let's say, and he has a heavyweight boxing match and gets embarrassed, or he goes over to Bellator or something and he gets embarrassed and, It'll just be more Dana. Go, I told you, yeah, he doesn't want to fight anymore. Blah blah blah, you know. But um, if 
Francis keeps killing it and keeps building a name for himself and he becomes this big attraction or you end up needing an attraction, then yeah, I could see them taking it out. I mean, I will say this about Dana. I don't think he, um, when he says he doesn't have to do this, he doesn't. Like, the guy's made a ton of money, so I could see there could be this, you know, like, ah, fuck him. <laughs> he doesn't care, right? Like, it's a, and that's what you're doing, which kind of sucks, but. Man, that's not great for the sport. It's not but, great for the sport. It's not great yeah, for that's business. where we're at. But, yeah, but I mean, um, he is a fight fan, so I think that's what works for us sometimes. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, those little those petty things could happen. Um, I don't think it will. I think if Francis, um, there's a wrestler Cody Rhodes that says this: if you become undeniable, then that's just what it is, you know. So he, we could see Francis back. Uh, but I mean, it's clear. Like listening to the press conference this week, um, like that uh, Dana made some comment about like. You know, just, it's clear after watching John Jones that, you know, like uh, Francis Nagano, you know, Cyril, nobody would stand a chance against this guy. Like he's, he's selling his product. He's know? selling his product, but he also made a comment, too, that, you know, Cyril God made one mistake in that uh, Francis Nagano match. He went for the ankle pick and that cost him. And if he didn't make that one stupid mistake, and it's like, no, man, that's not what happened. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. Yeah. So it's just very clear biasness towards this man um, who. Really, the best I could tell, didn't do anything wrong. They just couldn't come to terms business-wise. He didn't like what you had to offer, so he didn't take it. Like, what's the crime in that? You know what I mean? Like, even if you think it's a Dana, that's yeah, from a business standpoint, like nobody did anything bad, so there's no reason to be this upset. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, uh, you know, another big part of this is the sniping back and forth, like on Twitter or whatever, between John. John Jones and Francis, if that continues, right, uh, it keeps Francis relevant and oh, yeah. builds that fight. Um, Dana will have no choice, you know, uh, yeah, they'll have I don't to think, bring Francis back. Yeah, in, I don't think so. Dana would really have a big problem with it, honestly. I no. I also kind of partly wonder if Dana knows it's a possibility and he's just selling it himself, <laughs> yeah. right? It's a yeah, it's a negotiation tactic against Francis. Also, it keeps us talking about it, it keeps people talking about it. Um, Dana's going to do whatever makes the UFC the most money. And I, I assume a Francis versus John fight is in, is in the best interest of the UFC. So, right. And then you got to wonder what John's going to do. Like John wanted Stipe next, which is a very interesting call. He clearly picked the guy with the biggest name out there. Still. There's some other guys. I'm not saying Stipe isn't dangerous, but there's some other guys out there that are dangerous that don't have that name value. And I don't know if John is interested in that at this point in his career. And Dana even kind of alluded to that at the press conference saying, you know, John wants Stipe, so we got him for that. And then you never know. He's kind of like dealing with an artist. He's basically saying, well, John said he had at least two left. So um, I think his goal would be Stipe and then bring Francis back, yeah. beat Francis, and then he is undeniable as the greatest MMA fighter of all time. I'm sure. So yeah, they could um, end up throwing a, um, you know, something in there. You never know. A guy like Tom Aspinall returns from injury. That's and, yeah. If Tom Aspinall comes back healthy, I think he has all the tools um, to give John problems for sure. I'm not saying he would definitely win that fight. 
Right. But I think at this point, he'd be the toughest matchup. Who's the guy that was the um, stand-in? We were just talking about him last week. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich, yeah. <laughs> Another yeah. guy with this Very tough power. Matchup. Yeah. But he has a matchup um, coming up, I believe. I can't remember exactly against two, but I know he has a fight coming up, even though he was the stand-in um, this past weekend. But that is an interesting fight. He's got to win his current fight to see if he gets a shot. Absolutely. All right. Let's get, we're going to do it a little differently this week. We're going to talk about the fight night first, and then we'll finish with uh, UFC 285 talk. So let's get to this card. You want to preview some uh, prelims? Yeah, um, I'll just go, I'll just rattle off some names to keep a lookout for. This is a good prelim for hardcores. Not a lot of big name fighters on here, but some great fighters. So uh, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, that's Khabib's cousin. He's uh, the first fight on the prelims, actually. Uh, then Ariana Lipsky versus JJ Aldridge is on the prelims and Mario Batista on the prelims and could be fight of the night. If it was on the main card, it's tough to get fight of the night on the prelims, but Rafael Asunsa versus David Grant is an excellent uh, matchup. So I'm looking forward to that one too. So keep an eye out on these prelims, but let's get into the main card. All right. Uh, Vitor Petrino versus Anton Turkow. All right, let me get my notes here. Petrino is a 7-0 and um, prospect, six KOs, one decision. He's coming off a contender series win. And Anton, he's 8-1, and five KOs, two subs, one decisions. And he just lost his first uh, UFC fight. And he's also a contender series fighter. Interesting to note, he lost his first UFC fight. It's his only loss. And his second fight against is another undefeated prospect. Like we definitely did not do Anton any uh, favors here. Um, it's a tough one when you get two guys like this. Um, as I go through some of these records and stuff, and I was looking at that, I didn't remember I had, but there's quite a few people I look at and they lose their UFC debut. It happens a lot. Jitters is a real thing. Anton's back is against the wall. I think he's going to hand uh, Vitor his first loss here. I could be wrong. I don't really like when you're too evenly matched. I don't have a ton to go off on stuff like this. I know they're both finishers. It's really hard to pick. So this is kind of just going with a gut that, hey, this guy's back against the wall. He needs his victory. There's a case where we see de- jitters in the debut. So I think I'm going to pick him. They are finishers. Um, I'll say he gets a sub, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so obviously only two decisions between these guys, so I assume that we're going to get a finish. And I'm going to pick Vitor based off the absolute brutal KO he had on Dana White Contender Series. I don't know if you saw that fight, but it it was – you should YouTube it. It was a brutal, <laughs> brutal knockout. So You know what? I'm changing my pick. <laughs> Vitor, I'm going with Vitor because he's undefeated too. And as I was doing this, I was making this great case in my head, but I'm like ah. – Right. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to go yeah. with round one KO for Vitor. So. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with round two, so it's not quite the same, but all right. All right, let's move on to the next next fight. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. I'm very excited for this one. Nurmagomedov, 17-2, four KOs, five subs, eight decisions. He's 6-1 and one in the UFC, and he's on a four-fight win streak. Martinez is 17-4, eight KOs, two subs, seven decisions, also on a four-fight win streak, and he's eight and three in the UFC. So both guys are hot right now. Um, both looking to continue that momentum. When in doubt, go with a man whose last name is Nurgamadoff. <laughs> Nurgamadoff will get this done. 
Uh, he can get it done a lot of ways. Submission, decision, whatever. Um, I'll say this fight goes this distance, though. Yeah, I'm not sure what the betting lines look like, but I assume Saeed is the favorite. Um, but I'm going to pick Martinez, though. I think that he can snipe Nurmagomedov from range, and then uh, if he hurts him, he can finish him. He's a excellent uh, boxer, for sure. So, But this all hinges on his ability to get up from the takedowns that are inevitably going to happen um, with that Nurmagomedov name. Although Saeed is more of a striker than, you know, Khabib, he still has right. that Dagestani wrestling. Um, so I, I think I'm going to say Martinez is able to get up and he lands enough shots at range to hurt Saeed and he'll finish him TKO round cool. two. It definitely against the grain, but that's what I'm feeling. Okay. Um, and then what do we got here next here? All right. Ricardo Ramos versus Austin Lingo. Austin Lingo. Nine and one. Three KOs, two subs, four decisions. He's on a two-fight win streak. Uh, he lost his uh, UFC debut. So um, that's his only loss. Again, another case where someone lost their debut. And then he came back and got the win. Uh, Ricardo Ramos. Uh, Ramo, he's uh, 16 and four. Four KOs, seven subs. Five decisions, and he's seven and three in the UFC. Um, so this guy's got more UFC experience for sure, too, and he's been around. But I, I like Lingo. Um, I think when you look at his record, you know, three KOs, two subs, four decisions. He's well rounded. That one loss, like I said, was the UFC jitters. I'll say he get it done. Um, I'm gonna say it's another decision, though. Yeah, uh, like you were saying, Ramos has been up and down lately. But I just don't know about enough about Austin to pick him, so I'm gonna go with uh, Ramos just based on his strength of schedule and his success in the UFC. So um, I think he gets a decision win, though. All right, move on to a fight that was rescheduled due to yes. a tummy ache or something. <laughs> uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spam. All right, we don't need to go in depth. We've already actually previewed this fight, but. Krylov is 29 and 9, 12 KOs, 15 subs, two decisions. This man does not like to go to distance. Ryan Spann, 21 and uh, 7, 6 KOs, 12 subs, three decisions. He doesn't go to distance very often. He's coming off a brutal knockout over um, uh, Reyes, Dominic Reyes there. Um, I think he's got some momentum going. Um, you look at his uh, record, he's got quite a bit of subs, actually, a lot more subs than his KOs. Um, I think he's going to get it done. I said this in the past early, and I think he has to get it done early because I think the later it goes, I think Krylov will figure out a way to beat him and get the decision. So I'll say Ryan Spann gets it done in round one. Yeah, I'm rooting for Spann to get the KO, and he definitely can, but I think it's more likely that Krylov gets a decision um, and probably a boring fight. Um, I think he'll know where Ryan is super dangerous and uses wrestling to avoid, you know, eating those big shots and, you know, getting his neck snatched up. So I think Krylov by decision. Uh, let's move on to a uh, heavyweight fight. Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. Romanov 16 and one, six KOs, nine subs, one decision. He's five and one in the UFC and he's coming off his first loss. I don't have it in front of me. I think it was Tabera. Uh, it was like a majority yeah, Marcin decision. Tabera. Yeah, it was a majority decision loss. So, 
Um, Volkov, 35 and 10, 23 KOs, three subs, eight decisions. He's a former Bellator champ, ton of experience. He's fought the best. You're not really going to do a lot to, you know, show him anything different. Uh, I think Romanov wants to come back and get this, uh, get a victory. I think Volkov is on the decline in his career. He's getting a little older. Um, would not shock me if he still pulls this off. I'm not saying he's an underdog. He might even be the favorite for this. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go with Romanov, who's had uh, less damage done at this point in his career. Um, looking at that record, uh, I'll say not born heavyweight decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Volkov is just too crafty to get subbed by Romanov. And I think that's his path to victory as a submission over Volkov. Um, but I, I see Volkov keeping the fight at distance and picking away at Romanov. And then if Romanov gets stunned and his back gets pressed up against the cage, uh, Volkov will pour on the pressure and the volume and get a TKO finish. So I think he gets a TKO finish in round three. All right. All right. Main event time. Uh, Bantamweight matchup we've been looking forward to for a while. Super tough to call. Pieter Jan versus Marab Valishvili. All right. Uh, Marab is 16 and four, three KOs, one sub. He's got an eight fight win streak. He's coming off a big win over his career, his biggest win ever over Jose Aldo. Uh, He holds a victory over the current Bantamweight Bellator champ, uh, Stotts, Rafion Stotts. And that was a spinning back fist, which was very uncharacteristic of uh, Marab. Got him in the UFC, though. And then Jan, 16 and four, seven KOs, one sub, eight decision. Uh, He's a former Bantamweight champion in the UFC and I mean other than he comes off a loss over Sean O'Malley a fight he arguably won I think most people felt he won but a close fight um then he lost a rematch to Sterling in a fight that I would say Sterling won but a close fight and then other than that he had a loss by DQ to Sterling where he's the only champ I can think of that lost his title to a DQ and uh, he has an early loss in his career to uh, Magomed Magomed one of the Bellator Bantamweights top so this guy's only lost to the best and it's only been close fights to the best mm-hmm. of my knowledge. So Jan is one of the best. Um, honestly, this fight could go a bunch of different ways, I think, because we could have a situation where the wrestling cancels each other out and we end up getting a good strike in a la Covington Usman style here. Uh, that being said, I think Marab is more of the aggressive wrestler. I think Jan is the better striker. But Jan's pretty good with takedown defense. And that's going to be really telling in the opening part of this fight is, is Marab going to get him down? Marab's not going to give up that takedown. That's for sure. He's going to mm-hmm. keep coming. And Jan likes to keep coming forward, too. So that makes an interesting fight because they both have great cardio. I don't think anybody can out-cardio Marab, though. If I'm talking a lot, it's because I'm trying to figure out who I really want to pick <laughs> for this. It's a super close fight. My heart wants Marab. Because he's the absolute nicest guy, and I want to keep seeing him do well. I think Jan's punching power could be the difference here. I'm going to lean towards Jan. I'm going to say he gets it done. Round three, uh, TKO, maybe four, but it's going to be later, and it's going to be the pressure, and it's going to be that he's able to stop the takedowns and when he's keeping it standing, I think that striking is going to be the difference maker here, but 
Not going to be shocked if Marab gets this done, either with his wrestling or maybe because we don't see it often, his striking has improved and he ends up pulling it off. Because Marab is such a good wrestler and he constantly does it. And he's not a guy that's going to really break away from the game plan. He could have improved striking that we just don't even really know about. So it'll be interesting to see. I know he always works on all aspects of his game. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. It's super, super tough to call. Um, I'm definitely a bigger fan of Marab. Uh, I like Jan, but I'm a bigger fan of Marab. But I think Jan has been very unlucky in these close fights, like you said, and he really needs this win, and that's going to drive him to a new level. Um, I assume that Jan is a small favorite going into the fight, and uh, I think I agree with that. I would give him a slight edge. Uh, Marab's been improving his striking, like you said, but Jan has some of the best boxing in the division for sure, and he has strong takedown defense, like you were saying. Um, I think he uses those, and he he gets a close decision when uh, he's just on the correct end of of another close decision. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it. This is a a little bit of a sleeper of a card, but it's on a little bit earlier, six p.m. start time, main event. Um, a lot of good fights on here. So yeah. All right, let's All talk right. about uh, two eighty five last week's card. Sure, um, I'm gonna throw a fight out for you because. Um... I actually didn't get to see this fight. I was wondering if you did. Ian Gary got the win over Song Keenan. TKO punches. I saw Song's face after this. It was lit up. Did you see this fight? I didn't. It was. It's on uh, UFC Fight Pass, which I don't have. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I I heard Song got uh, got him early too. That's why I was. They knocked him down, I think. Yeah. And and Gary came back. I heard that the finishing sequence was a great combination from Ian Gary, who. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that guy. I don't know why they stuck him on the early prelims. I think it's a shame that they did that. He could be a star in the future for sure, sure if they bring him up properly. So I don't know why you bury him way down there. But I bet his next one won't be on the early prelims. No, no, no. Not getting finishes like that. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about we're not going to go over all the prelims and all that. Right. Let's just go over a few. Uh, that's, let's talk about this Derek Brunson versus Driscus Duplisi. Uh what a weird fight in some ways. Uh, Brunson comes out wrestling like we thought he could. Looks like he's going to play spoiler. And then at the end of round one, I would say, is when I first noticed it. He got caught, I think, once or twice. But he still looked like we thought he was going to come out and dominate around him. But Brunson kind of started abandoning his striking. like he, Almost like he wanted, to, he expected the priest to already, the police to be already be tired, and which he was. But to Pussy to his credit, he fights very well tired. Like this guy, right, that might just out, be his default is that really heavy breathing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's part of it. And I also think his guys, like when the chips are down, like that's not gonna affect him. Like, you know, he's just used to fighting like that. So um another impressive win uh for Dupreci TKO stoppage, um, round two, and uh yeah, the end of that, hats off to Brunson's corner for throwing off the towel. Brunson I mean, the, like, the round was over a little bit late on it, for sure. Yeah, but, but, I mean, it should have been. Yes, definitely over. good idea to call it. Whether they waited until the bell rang and didn't let him go back out for the third round or whatever, I mean, probably time for Brunson to hang him up. Yeah. I think this is the second time that they've had to stop the fight also, so... Yeah, yeah, he's may have had enough fights. He had a good run winning streak there, but then his last couple of fights have looked bad and 
he's talked about retirement before, so maybe it's just time. Right. Know? Yeah. One foot in, one foot out. Tried to make a last run or whatever. You know, ran into the wrong guy. He he had great uh, moments in the fight for sure. That striking he does where he he blitzes forward with his chin up. Um, it's just asking to get knocked out. Uh, but right. he lands a lot of shots in those moments. So, um, I don't know what's next for Duplisi. He was demanding a title shot or something. Like, you're not coming off the prelims and getting a title shot. But uh, no, and he, <laughs> he is impressive. I would like to see him work on that cardio. I know that he's done well, um, even when he's been tired. But I mean, I don't know if you can be a dominant champion when you're breathing that heavy in the second round. So hopefully, he can figure that out. All right, move on to another fight we're very excited for, and and I'm super happy with the outcome: Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Yeah, and uh, Cody was talking about he was injured going into this fight. Uh, Got injured in one of his final. Now, assuming, you know, you never know with fighters, you know, but assuming that's accurate, uh, it also explains why he fought with a little bit of caution at times. But, I mean, also good on him. You should be fighting with a little caution with some of those, you know, save that chin as best you can, you know, avoid those knockouts. And then maybe, maybe we have seen it at some points in his career, your chin doesn't usually come back. But, you know, sometimes there are fighters. Uh, Andre Avaloski is a great example. Of that Alistair Overeem. I was over right where they learn how to fight defensively and they don't always get taken out right away. So um, good for Cody to get the victory over. I thought a very game Trevin Jones. I thought like he wanted it, but he just couldn't get past those couple takedowns. And he some didn't of the throw speed. enough. Yeah. Too. He only landed like seven strikes in the first two rounds or whatever. So yeah, Cody was, was kept him on his heels. Yeah. I think the, uh, the speed of Cody was, uh, a little bit, but that, again, maybe it was like Trevin might have been in his head a little bit too, because when the corner really got on him, Trevin did really seem to turn it up in round three. Mm-hmm. But by that point, he had already lost the first two rounds. Yeah, um, I didn't see if he got cut today, and he was in danger of being cut for sure. Like you said, those first two rounds, not a dominant performance. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut this week. So hopefully, he lands on like Bellator or something you know, get his mind right. And I bet he does well over there for sure. Yeah. I think you guys got uh, potential for sure. Yeah. I'm super tough division. Um, like we were talking about, but, right. um, he can, I think he can do well if his confidence is there. All right, let's move into this main card. First fight on the main card, Bo nickel versus Jamie Pickett. Yeah. Uh, Bo nickel impressive again. Was there a low blow? I guess that would be the, um, the question, uh, Jimmy Pickett certainly thinks so, and uh, they're lodging a complaint. I don't know if there's going to be anywhere with that. I would uh, maybe the UFC will be nice enough and just say, "All right, here, let's just give you another fight." <laughs> you know, um, it was interesting. It's it's kind of hard to tell like uh, about Pickett, like because he got taken down so early and out so early, and he was kind of being led as the sacrificial lamb. But the way he came out and an aggressive way he came out, just in those few seconds, like. I didn't think this guy was here to lose. I thought he was going to go out there and he was, you know, he was definitely ready to win. I don't think he was nervous by the hype or anything, but it didn't matter. <laughs> At the end of the day, Bo Nickel took him down. I don't think he knew does. who Bo Nickel was, I think is part of the reason why he was so confident. He didn't know what he was getting into. Well, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. Um, At the end of the day, though, Bo Nickel, impressive victory. Um, There's times like this. I'll use you with the main card. I'll throw opponents out there. 
But with a guy like Bo Nickel, let's just bring him up slow. Let's give him another opponent like this and let's see where we're at. You know, I mean, I was looking at um, top 15 and a fun one at some point, maybe in the next couple of fights if he continues to dominate, might be Chris Curtis, who's sitting there at number 14 because Chris is salty, but Chris is a hell of a fighter too. And he's been through it all. I'm not talking tough test. Yet, but. Yeah, that's a that's a tough test. I don't think that that's what they'll do first. Give him no. a super crafty vet, but um, yeah. As far as the fight, Pickett can complain about the low blow, but I mean, he never had a chance based on his submission defense that I was seeing. Um, I'm no grappling expert, but the grappling in this wasn't super impressive to what I expect from Bo Nickel. Yeah, um, I, I like I said, I'm not a grappler, but even I knew that he should have sliced his knee through that guard and, and moved to side control to really lock down that head and arm choke. He would have had Jamie pick out of there a minute earlier. Um, so, you know, he's got things to learn. I think it might be that wrestling base he has where you, you never want to give up Mount, you know, you want to keep that dominant position, but he could have finished that fight much earlier if he had slid off to the side. Uh, I don't think we really got to see that much from him. I want to see more from him. I want to see what his striking looks like for sure. Um, you know, he threw that kick and fell down and that was like basically all the striking we got to see from him. We know his wrestling is phenomenal. Um, so I, I want to see what his striking looks like before we're throwing him to any really dangerous guys. Um, but I am excited for what he does next for sure. And I hope yeah. Jamie Pickett gets another chance because I guarantee there are a bunch of guys that got asked to fight Bo Nickel and they all said no. <laughs> and Jamie Pickett was like, sure, I'll fight him. So I think that right there should give him an, at least one more in the UFC. I hope so. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Mateus Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. This was a great fight. Great fight. Um, Gamrot gets it done. Uh, I, I was very impressed with Turner, though. I thought Turner... Uh, made a great accounting for himself. Um, I was trying to think of opponents for Gamrot next afterwards. I mean, I'm going to let you talk a little more about the fight, but so I, I got one for you. This is kind of out there, but uh, Gamrot is in the top 10 or in the top 15. I have to go back and look, but I thought, you know what? He's been so impressive. How about a guy who hasn't fought in a while? What about Justin Gaethje? You know, so, he hasn't fought. Gaethje's fighting for Zeeves. Like oh next, he's got the next fight. week or soon uh, or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe the loser of that. Maybe not the winner of that because I don't think Gamrot should be. But you know, maybe maybe the winner, depending on you know what we're doing with the top. But I think there's a few people because you're looking at Poirier maybe next for the title. Obviously, Connor and Chandler got this Ultimate Fighter thing going on. Um, Volk has been uh, talked about if he you know wins successfully at featherweight, he could get a rematch. So. We'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, super stack division. There's a lot of options they could do for sure. Excuse me. As far as the fight goes, um, I could have seen this fight going either way. I know some people are saying that they think that Jalen Turner should have got the win. Um, he did knock Gamrot down twice in the fight, uh, but the the takedowns and the wrestling got Gamrot the decision win for sure, and, and I'm okay with that uh, based on mm – -hmm you know, the rules of MMA and the way it's judged. So uh, tough to judge. Uh, I was fine with either guy winning for sure. I, I don't think this slows down Jalen Turner too much. I know 
he has like he had like five straight wins and a lot of first round finishes in those five straight mm-hmm. wins. He is just a freak for the division. He's like six three, uh, and he uses his range so well. And he's fast and powerful with his striking. Um, his ability to get up from takedowns against someone like Gamrot was just good. So I don't think this is going to slow him down too much. Just a little bump in the road. Um, I'm not sure what's next for Gamrot, but I am excited. I know he's working his way towards towards something. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a title shot anytime soon with how jammed up the division is, but uh, there there's a lot of good options for him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'll just uh, pull up here the lightweight rankings. Uh, Gamrot is ranked number seven right now. Uh, Fasiv, Chanwer, Darius, Gaethje, Poirier, and Oliveira. All those guys are either booked for fights or on the ultimate fighter. So, you know, I don't he's know. Gonna he's going to have to fight someone below him. He might have to. Or, again, maybe with Gaethje and Fazeev coming up next soon, maybe he could get the winner or loser of that fight. Either way, it would be a good fight. Mm-hmm. Well, I would assume if Fazeev wins, he's earned a title shot at this point. Yeah, I would think so. But, you know, we'll see. Like I said, jammed up division. Fazeev, not the biggest name. Uh, even though he's one of the most exciting fighters, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So move on to what might have been fight of the night. Uh, I'm not sure what actually got the award, but this one was might have been my fight of it the was. night. Yeah, Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah, Rachmanov. Actually, it got fight of the night, and Neal, who missed weight, which was uncharacteristic, Dana White was so impressed with Neal's performance that uh, he gave him his bonus money, which is not usual. But Dana said that that kid fought his ass off, and he said he made Rachmanov a better fighter with that performance. And also, like I was saying about um, Jamie Pickett, another fighter that nobody wants to accept a fight against, Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah. Jill Neff, uh, Jeff Neal said, sure, give him to me. I'll fight him, which he has with everyone. He's fought the toughest guys. We talked about it last week. He has maybe the best strength of schedule in the UFC. Absolutely. So I, I'm very glad that Dana decided to do that. Good on Dana. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, yeah. Rockmoff was, uh, they were both very impressive. And uh, this could be an interesting fight down the road again at some point. Uh, but uh, Neil um, went out on his shield. He pushed Rockmoff to the test. And uh, I'll let you go a little more into it. I'll throw another, I'll throw a name out there that actually was discussed at the press conference. One of the reporters asked that. Uh, Rockmoff versus Kobe Covington uh, as a possible fight. Kobe apparently is back from injury and is ready to fight. And Dana said we have often a few fights that just ha- they happen to fall through. It's not even that Cody's turning them down. They just fall through. So, and we know Kobe, like he wants big names, but Kobe will, you know, a fight eventually. And we know this guy behind all the Pasana can go. I think that's a very fun fight. Yeah, I don't see Kobe accepting that fight. It's super dangerous for him. I would like to see him fight Masvidal. Um, oh. Either guy, actually. Kobe fight Masvidal or Shavkat fight uh, Masvidal. But, or like a Shavkat versus Wonderboy would be a good matchup, too. That would be a good fight, too, yeah. Um, Bilal Muhammad. I, I don't mm. think Bilal should be fighting down anymore. He needs to wait for a title shot, but... Uh, that is a matchup eventually I'd like to see. I think uh, that's a good matchup. But as far as the Jeff, go ahead. Dana seemed very intrigued by the Covington fight in the press conference. And one thing about Dana, he's never really gave Kobe too much preferential treatment. Like he's 
you know, like the shtick a little bit, I think, but at times he's like, huh, kid doesn't want to fight. <laughs> F him. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Toby doesn't get that. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would be down for that fight for sure. I think that's a tough fight for Rachmanov. Uh, just yeah. the pressure. Colby has a pretty good chin. Um, so, I mean, at least he has. He's it's yeah. been tested. A few right. Times. It's been tested. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, as far as the fight with Jeff Neal, I mean, Jeff Neal's a savage. Like I was saying, I, you know, did not give him much of a chance to get out of the first round. I, I think he was, I said he was getting finished. So he took all the shots from Shafkat and was giving them right back, trading with them. Um, unfortunately he just got a little bit tired and he got caught, uh, but it was a great fight. Um, that's the first time that we've seen Shafkat breathing heavy in a fight so you know neil took him to the to the edge for sure and uh you know we see that shafka also has a good chin because neil landed a lot of very heavy shots on him as well so um you know i I don't know what's next for neil but uh i I hope he gets a favorable matchup after this one for sure because he definitely did the ufc a favor even though he missed weight yeah, I mean, I'm looking at uh, welterweights here. Uh, Rockmov is like number six right now behind Burns, Muhammad, Jamayev, Covington. Rockmov versus Luke is also an interesting matchup. I would be down for that one for sure, too. Yeah. I'd be up for Jeff Neal, Stephen Thompson, like a rematch, too. That could always be fun. I know Neal lost the pass, but that might be different. Um, Hill versus Masvidal would be fun. I don't know if Masvidal would do that fight. But uh, no, he wouldn't. No, uh, too dangerous. Not not a money fight. So and I think Neil's the kind of guy that will fight people behind him. So I'm looking behind him too. You got guys like Michael Chiesa, uh, Michelle Piera. You know, so Mich- that's Michelle right. Piera is a good matchup versus. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on uh, to the co-main event. Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. This is a fight we all knew exactly what was going to happen, right? (laughs) Yeah. I got to tell you, I didn't know I wanted Grasso to win until she won. I was so happy for this girl. Um, She looked great, too. She looked outstanding. Um, It wasn't like Valentina came in here. Like we said, uh, even though we picked Valentina, we said she was coming off her toughest fight, and we were wondering, you know, if this might be starting to be decline. But we weren't thinking that was the case. But and I still don't think they're like she came out looking good. But at the end of the day, Grasso just looked a step ahead. She is undefeated at this weight class, and it is amazing with some fighters how well they perform at certain weight classes. Now that being said, I will throw this out there. I do think Valentina, maybe I don't know what her weight cuts are like, but maybe it will be time to go to bantam weight at some point at this in her career. You know, maybe that's part of the issue she's having. I, I don't know. Um, because she's been so dominant, and there's a ton of film out there on her, so you never know. She's also had so many fights. When you think about all of her Muay Thai and kickboxing fights, you know, she's not super old. I mean, she's not super young, but just in fight years, she has so many miles on her too, which could be affecting her at this point. And I'll let you talk about the fight, but as far as I'm concerned for future, it's I think these two have to rematch. Um, if not, then, uh, Aaron Blanchfield is the only other logical choice, but I think Valentina has to get a rematch unless she doesn't want it or there's a reason this doesn't happen. 
Um, and with uh, Grasso and now Brendan Moreno, both champs, like uh, I got to think we're going to get a card in Mexico at some point here too. And Yair is an interim champ. That's right. Yair is too. interim So, champ. Uh, yeah. you know, if they put all three of them on a, on a – I don't think they would put three title no. fights on a card. They've done it that, before. But, yeah, but not – I mean, those aren't the biggest names. No, so. but it it would be fun. Like, uh, I know like, somebody even talked about, like, a Cinco de Mile card, but uh, usually that's where um, Canelo always boxes. Yeah, so he won't do yeah. it. But man, like a nice little weekend type thing. You imagine that Cinco de Mayo, like in Mexico, you did like all three of those people like on the main card. Like, man, like I think it's fun little stuff like that that the UFC should try to do more of sometimes. You right. Know? Good, good way to expand into a different market for sure. Which Dana is big on the Mexican market. Like he wants to put a PI down there. And that's one of the things he said to press conference. And he says he's been on that for day one. I remember years ago, Dana talking about that. That's something he wanted to do. So, uh, Hey, um, I hope he's right because there seems to be a lot of promise and talent come out of Mexico. Yeah. Going back to the fight. Obviously I was totally overlooking Grasso. I apologize. Uh, yeah. Even though like you were saying, I do, did think that Valentina's reign was going to come to an end. I didn't think this was going to be the fight that she was going to lose her belt. Um, but Grasso looked great, especially on the feet with her boxing, which, yeah. you know, is where Valentina, that would be what her best weapon would be. I'm sure she would consider striking. Um, Valentina had good takedowns, though, uh, but Grasso survived, and props to her for that game plan because she executed the game plan to dive for uh, a takedown on a spinning back kick, which is how she got to Valentina's back uh, and choked her out with a neck crank, really. She wasn't even under the chin, so uh, very impressive. But I would assume Valentina is favored in the rematch, like you were saying. But I, I'm not sure that Alexa doesn't beat her again. She looks so good on the feet. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really think that Valentina's time, at least at flyweight, might be coming to an end. Uh, she's a counter striker, really. And uh, she's just looking just a tad bit too slow to counter some of these girls at this point, so. Uh, I'm a fan of her for sure, but uh, it doesn't matter who wins the belt because Aaron Blanchfield's going to be the champion by next year anyway, and no one's taking the belt off her. I don't think. Yeah, maybe this year if something happens and there's an injury and they do a fight. Right. So, yeah. You know, All right, let's get into this main event: uh, John Jones versus Cyril Gone for the heavyweight belt. It's going to be. I mean. John Jones, what do you say? <laughs> he just came out. And uh, I think this was the thing we talked about is assuming the weight cut wasn't an issue. I mean, or the, not the weight cut, but, you know, the new weight class and all the gain weight. Assuming the layoff was an issue. Based off what we saw of Gons wrestling, Jones would eat him up. And I don't know if the weight is an issue because Jones just ate him up. With his, you know, and all it was crazy. So, um I didn't feel like we really learned a lot about John at this weight class other than he is a horrible matchup for Cyril Gaon. Um, I'm interested to see what the Stipe fight would do. But, you know, Stipe is aging. 
uh, that's the only thing. He's been around for a while. But, like, assuming we get to Stipe of old, we got a guy who's a natural heavyweight and who can wrestle. Uh, maybe not at the level of Jones, but he can wrestle. And he's got good striking. So it'll be interesting. I would still favor Jones in a match with Stipe. I think the wear and tear on Stipe is the issue. But I will say one thing about Stipe. And I'll let you get back to this fight. But I will say one thing. Stipe is one of those guys. He has made adjustments throughout the years. And there were times where he lost early in his career at heavyweight. He had a loss and he bounced back from it and he became a better, stronger fighter. Um, you look at the Cormier series where, you know, um, he made adjustments in that second fight. Like he lost the first one and he came back and he made adjustments in the middle of the second fight to win. And then the third fight just looked better. He makes adjustments. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of Stipe Miocic. So um, it'll be an interesting fight. I would favor Jones. I don't have much to say about Gon. It was just, uh, he, he, again, just a horrible matchup uh, at heavyweight. Just didn't have anything for John at all. Yeah, I don't want to be too shitty, but poor showing from Cyril. He probably shouldn't even have been the champion. He didn't fight a wrestler once on his way to the belt and, you know, uh, the only time he fought anyone that really wrestled him was Francis, who's not a wrestler and dominated him on one leg. So uh, we kind of all knew it was going to happen here, but yeah, like you said, we didn't get to see enough from John to know if he's back to the John of old. Um, He said he felt a little awkward in the standup. And the only thing we saw happen in the standup was he got kicked in the dick um, (laughs) in the first like 10 seconds. So we don't know. But I'll tell you, if we get the Stipe fight, uh, we're going to know what John Jones looks like at heavyweight because he's not going to get finished inside the first two minutes. Uh, like you, I also agree. Uh, John Jones is the favorite. He probably beats Stipe, especially because Stipe is aging. He's also been inactive. Um, he's a bit weathered. Um, skill-wise, very good matchup, but... I just think he's too old at this point to really put up any uh, fight against against John Jones, a heavyweight. So um, I assume John gets that fight in July like he was looking for. He wins it. Um, I see Randy Oscar asking what other heavyweights are there. Um, Pavlovich, Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, Sergey. But we talked about this a little bit beforehand the fight I really want to see is Tom Aspinall. I want Tom Aspinall to come back from this knee injury, hopefully very healthy. And I think skills wise, he puts up the best, um, you know, the, the best matchup with John Jones. I don't necessarily favor him in that fight, but I, I think he's young. He's explosive. He's great on the feet. He has excellent jujitsu. Um, I think he poses the most problems for John Jones, but he needs to get healthy before John Jones decides he's ready to peace out. And Curtis blades is another one. I would say too, just that yes. wrestling. Um, he could be a real pain in the ass. I don't think the UFC will even book that fight. Honestly. Right. They don't um, respect. They don't respect Curtis blades at all. He can't, can't do anything to get a title shot. But I mean, that Blades is a tough over Aspinall. It was an injury, but uh, right, that was early in the fight. You know, 
Aspinall yeah. kicked him in the knee or in the elbow or whatever in his ACL tour. Um, yeah, if you look at Blades' career, he's only lost to two people. Uh, he's got Power two losses. There's Francis Nagano uh, each time he got caught. And then he got caught by Derek Lewis, which I tell you, Blades probably beats Derek Lewis like nine out of ten times. No disrespect to Derek. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, he got caught on shooting in for a takedown, which, you know. John's not going to do that. No. <laughs> yeah, I would be surprised. This is, again, we haven't we haven't seen that John has some kind of knockout power yet. He might hurt him in the in the clinch or something like that. Right. But yeah, I, we would see John's jujitsu for sure, yeah. um, because he would get put on his back. I assume, but that would be a great matchup. I'd look. I would be happy to see that. But I don't think the UFC books that because they don't respect Curtis Blades. Yeah, I would agree. All right, uh, tell me what we got, and then we'll get out of here. All right, March 18th, UFC 286, Edwards versus Usman 3 from London. And then March 25th, UFC Fight Night, Vera versus Sandhagen. Finally going to get to see that Bantamweight matchup. And then April 1st, we're going to be previewing PFL season opener, Brennan Lockname versus Marlon Marais. And, uh, you know, we might do a 5-3-1 or something for you guys to go along with that. All right, we'll keep you updated. Enjoy Marab and Jan this weekend. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Always. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at FansWorking. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please... Continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.